0: Hi, One Goal community. It's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's event and volunteer operations coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our One Goal, visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org, or click on the link in the episode notes. This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn
1: more about our gold 10 Cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes.
0: Was it one thing in particular that you said, hey, this is my line in the sand? Or?
1: Yeah, well, honestly, the how I started this whole thing was I couldn't get my ankle onto my knee to tie my shoe. Um, now, I have battled weight my whole life, um, fluctuated up and down. Um, after my mom died... It kinda, you kind of lose. She was my best friend and, you know, she was everything to me. Um, but you lose your way and you kind of you kind of get into your head and then you just kind of forget about life. And um, I knew at that point when I couldn't do that, I was like, okay, you know, it's time to get off your butt and do something.
0: Welcome to One Goal, a podcast from Pelotonia. We're a community that's dedicated to funding life-saving cancer research through a three-day experience of cycling and volunteerism. I'm your host and Ride Community Manager, Jill Landino. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Through research, we will see an end to cancer. Thankfully, every single penny raised through our riders, virtual riders, and volunteers goes directly towards this solution. This is made possible by our major funding partners, the Elburns Foundation, Huntington, the American Electric Power Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. It's because of them all of our partners and this dedicated community, that all of this is possible. When Sam Schiessler came face-to-face with his health issues, he didn't back away. He took it head-on and made really impressive strides to not only better himself, but better the community around him. This decision led him to meet a group of LGBTQ riders who unite under the name One Goal 10. While we have an incredible amount of support through various fundraisers and events in the Pelotoni community, Sam and his team put on a very unique show every year. We'll start there in this episode, One Goal 10.
1: So through the years, this event, the event we put on is basically a, I call it a variety show, but it's basically all of us dress in some form of art of drag, and we get a lot of the community, uh, like Nina West, Virginia West, Monica Day, um, to host the event, and we put on a two-hour spectacle of performance, and fun to raise money for our 1-goal-10 Pelotonia team. So, um, you know, every year it's gotten bigger and better. We have a silent auction. We have all these companies, local companies, national companies that donate silent auction items. And last year, all of us high roll, have high-rolled every year. Um, last year, we all high-rolled, but uh, we set a goal for 80000 and we hit 107000 Last year, between the ten of us, so we're like, "What are we going to do this year?"
0: (laughs) It made me raise the bar so high. Exactly, it's almost—I mean, it's a great challenge for yourselves and to put out there, right? When your your community and the supporters and attendees um, hear that number, it makes them want to give more. Yes. Um, So, what you do with Pelatonia is incredible with writing and being a high roller and the one goal event. Um, How did you first get started with giving back, being philanthropic?
1: I think my mom instilled a lot of that in me um, through all the years of being in the community and trying to help out the causes um, and just in general health. You know, with HIV scare that happened and is still happening is there wasn't a lot of support in the beginning. So it was we had to do a lot of community outreach. It's the same with cancer um, and that's how I. That's how I. What I love about being a part of Pelotonia is, is it's, it's in line with everything that I already currently do. Um, I have so many people that are around me that have been affected or affected by cancer, and even in my family, the, the scares are real. Um, I had my own personal scare last year. Oh, really? Um, I'm all good. It's all clear, and all fine. But you don't understand until you're there. Like my one friend yesterday, his mother just had her last radiation treatment. So like, and so now she's, you know, she's cancer free, but her last one was yesterday. So it's like, it's been a journey to watch him and his mother. It's a year long thing that we talk about. We talk to people about it. You know, we wear our arrows on our bumpers and our t-shirts and everything because we believe in what we're doing. And we believe that it does make a difference because we know it does. You know, I found a couple lumps and um, having to go through that process of one doctor and then another doctor and then a scan. But it takes time because there's, um, I think that was the hardest thing is that your mind takes you on a trip of the worst case scenario and um, reality and percentages should take you on a different journey. And, <laughs> and even the smartest people with every percentage is known out there, um, you, still are, you still put yourself in that 1% category. You still put yourself in the worst case scenario that could possibly happen. And I think for me, it was a light because um, it was hard it, and it takes you on a journey uh, of strength and, and everything's gonna be okay. And, and until you get all those results, at the very end, and, and you—you know—you're like, you're, you're like. Okay. But then it—it it puts another perspective. There are all those that don't get to go. Okay, and then it makes you like. For me, it made me want to fight, and also change length of time. Like there are things now that I really want to see happen, which is length of time from the time you fur like anyone would first like feel a lump or anything like that to when you actually go through the ultrasound. You so it really, you know, it put things in perspective. But it, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, I, I, and I didn't tell anyone for about six weeks, which my best friend, my friends were very upset about. Um, I think you, for me, I internalized a lot of things. I should, I, now, talking about it to people that are close to you is probably the best thing you can do. So you always have a support system, uh, no matter what you're going through.
0: Let's get back to your first ride. So what do you remember?
1: So during the ride, you know, I'm in this holding cell and I'm in New All Well, the funniest thing was Charlie. <laughs> the corral. We didn't put you in the cell, right? right. <laughs> it was the corral. Um, but Charlie, so I didn't have. So you're, you're, you have to remember that everyone else is riding 200, uh, 180 miles. I'm the one riding 125. Everyone else is starting downtown in my group. So I'm by myself. They told me exactly where I was gonna go, what was gonna happen, but I have a way to get there. So, my best friend Charlie, um, so Mimi helped me with the bike stuff. Charlie was like, he has a convertible. So we put my bike Just in, the back. in the back of the uh. convertible, heading into New Albany. And, you know, we pull in and we take photos. We're laughing and giggling because literally, you know, you take the one tire off, shove the whole thing in and then you go. And there's the two of us at, you know, 630 in the morning flying down the highway with a That's bike heroic. sticking out the back. <laughs> and um, so we get there and, you know, wish he sees me off and, you know, and then it's like, OK, and then off, off you go. And, um, but it's the most. It was the most beautiful ride. But I remember, um, you know, it's forty-five miles. My first time, um, I had done one sixty-mile on Thursday, just to try to prepare myself for an eighty. And a, you
0: know, and was that the longest that you had gone at yes. that point? Yes.
1: So um, even though I had tracked, uh, you know, over a thousand miles that year, um, that season, um, it was still like. I don't even know how this is going to work. And so, but I, you know, I was like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I pushed myself. But I remember (laughs) we were going, when you're getting into Gambier, it's uphill. Like there's a lot of hills. And I remember turning the corner on the one hill. And I just, all I remember is, it just the hill kept going and I just kept watching it go and I was like not another hill and I just I kept saying that to myself but I tell you there's a gentleman and he's been there every year that you start seeing a sign that says thank you for saving my like thank you for helping save lives thank you for riding. you've got this and it's like wonder and then he's holding a sign that says um thank you for saving my wife's life and we all know that guy we all you know But your friends start to get involved and they start doing signs and so like that first year I remember him specifically just because it's at a point when your legs hurt, you know, um, your butt hurts because you've been on a seat for a long time and um, all of a sudden it all kind of goes away because you remember that you actually can still pedal and you actually can still ride. and. There's so many that can't. So on my helmet, that's when I started writing on my helmet, names of people that that we've lost or have survived that are in my
0: immediate group.
1: So, yeah. Do you
0: put new names on every year?
1: I do, and it's not always, and that's the thing I I try to remember to tell people. It's, we we don't always have to remember those we passed. We do. But there's also, we have to remember the survivors, Mm -hmm. that everything we do helps save a life. So that Mm -hmm. name needs to go on my helmet too, along with those that lost the battle. When you're coming into New Albany, and that's the thing is that you can, you always know when you're close because of the white fences. And- It's kind uh, of like
0: a white flag, right? (laughs) It it is, it's
1: kind of like, I'm done. Um, But the team, beside Johnny because he's fast. Um, They were all ahead of me and, um, but they all were keeping track of me. So basically, I'd pull into a rest stop and they were heading out. So they were about a 15, 20 minute lead time on me. Um, When we got, when we went into the last rest stop, they were like, we'll be on a corner waiting for you because we all need to go in together. And they did. They all waited on me and we all went in as one goal set.
0: That's so so cool. And
1: we do that Here on, we've done that now. um, For any of us, if and we had, you know, last year we had two that did the 200, and they one was stayed with him until the very end because, you know, we 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 try not to let anyone on their own. Um, So those two were um, came in together, and the rest of us came in together. So uh, I
0: remember watching you guys finish last year <laughs> at the finish line. I was, I was like, you're probably too tired to remember
1: this. But no, I remember. Having just seen you guys the week
0: before at the fundraiser. I mean, just giving it your all. <laughs> it was so powerful to see you again and to watch you all finish together. Um, I just think that's so special how you wait for each other every year.
1: And my, you know, my friends, I, I'm known as the bear biker. Um, and that's my hashtag. So you can hashtag (laughs) bear biker, Biker. you can hashtag bear biker, and then you'll see all my posts. Um, it just kind of, okay. It's, and that's how people know me. So all my friends, they create signs and, you know, it says, hurry up, bear biker. We need a beer. Uh, That's
0: the kind of encouragement that you need. But you know,
1: at the finish line, you see like Teresa Nielsen, um, the Yaya sister, we, we have a group called the Yaya sisters and she lost her husband. And I had to watch her and her family go through that, and there's nothing quite like, you know, because I'm I love my family, uh, my chosen and my blood family, and um, being so close with Teresa and watching her uh, and her kids go through that, and it's just it's. It's really light bulb moments like that, that you just, and she, there she was, you know, she's there every year, whether she rides or not, but she was there this year and she's like one of the first people I hug and it's like, it's, it's kind of like our thing Mm -hmm. now. Like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't see her at the finish line. Um, but, yeah, she's always there, you know, screaming at me at the very end. You know, and then we cry. And then, you know, because you're emotionally drained. Yeah. And this year I was burnt. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sopping wet. Yeah. I was like, oh, you could ring me out. I'm just gross. <laughs> but um, but I, and no one cares. Like it's And that's the thing is no one cares at that point. It's just like, okay, here we go. Another year done. Let's start next year.
0: Well, you're ready to go. <clears throat> ready to go. <laughs> After ready a couple beers.
1: After a couple. Well, yeah, several.
0: Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We're good for that at the end of our party. So it's just so impressive and impactful to hear you talk about how far you've come in your journey. And I'm guessing that, you know, before four years ago, this probably wasn't ever something that you thought you would do.
1: No. no, And, you know, going back to that moment of everyone in life, I I honestly feel this, no matter what your struggle is, um, everyone assumes you're okay because you smile. Or you put on the front. Or um, what I think we've learned, what I've learned, and um, my friends, is that if asking and paying attention to details with your friends and family um, are really important. Um, for me, it was, you, you know, not being able to put my ankle on my knee to tie my shoe was a key moment for me that enough was enough. Um, I could have hidden behind you know, uh, my overweight, unhealthy self, but I'm happy. And I hear that a lot. And I always say to some people, I said, are you really, though? You know, I've been there. I know I've said that before. But I'm happy. But are you? Are you sh- Are you really happy? Or do you really want to? And it's not, to me, it's not weight loss. Everyone asks, how much have you lost? And I, I don't weigh myself often. The only time I really weigh myself anymore is if I go in for a checkup, or I have to get on a scale, mm-hmm. simply because health is not about weight loss. Health is about what you're putting into your body. It's about how you treat your body, your exercise, your mental stability. Um, too many people get caught up in how much have you lost. You know, I'm still a big dude. <laughs> it's just, you know, I just don't have the poundage on. Me. Yeah. But health-wise, mentally and physically, I'm extremely healthy based on the things I was doing. Um, but I always, I've, you know, helping people along the way, no matter who, anyone can reach out to me, and they do. And I'll do whatever I can to help get people on track. And, you know, I had one lady, um, uh, she really needed help quitting smoking. And so I systematically had to learn how to quit. So I systematically analyzed my life and when I when I would smoke. And because I didn't want another pill, I didn't want another gum to chew. I I just I wanted to figure out how to get it out of my life. So with habits is you have to identify the habits and then figure out how to eliminate them. So that's really, you know, and I've helped several people understand and identify that portion of it. So it took six months, but by a process of elimination of the habit of every habit, from after from you know in the car or eating to the bar, mm-hmm. but now it's gone. Yeah. So, yeah, That's... and the same with weight loss, and same with cycling. How yeah. to get started? How to get going?
0: Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody? Because we hear this a lot. You know, I, I can't, I can't raise money. I don't know how to do that. How would you, you know, encourage somebody who's nervous to put? you know, themselves on the line and and raise funds.
1: You would be surprised at how many people will jump on your bandwagon. Um, You'll be surprised at how many people at Pelotonia office will help you identify, you know, the toolkits are there, the thank you notes, those kind of things. But, you know, I know people that do, you know, they sell cookies, you know, you know, outside a grocery store, they get permissions. If you ask, I think that's, it's for introverts, I think... It's putting yourself out there. Um, and when you do, you'll be surprised at how many people really jump on your bandwagon, like, and really want to help you succeed.
0: But if we look back at, same four years ago, mm-hmm. what is something that you know now that you would have told yourself back then?
1: Um, I probably would have told myself you should have done this a long time ago, like, sooner. Um, and I also probably would have jumped sooner. I think, though, with timing of everything, um, my mother, you know, I use my mother as a reference because she, you know, she was that, that beacon um, of sanity. But things happen for a reason. Um, I honestly believe uh, uh, Yanni was, that was, you know, he was there for that, that he was there at that moment in time to sign, to be right in front of me, to sign me up. You know, yeah. and get me going mm-hmm. on Team Huntington, you know, and, and me not lift being able to put my ankle on my knee at the moment on the end of my bed, that all happened and, and it just kind of was like enough. And you know, weight loss, healthy, being healthy, riding, volunteering, it's mental. It's it's really no matter what you're doing is is to say yes I can instead of no I can't in the biking community if you that's why i love cycling i've met so many people but you know even flat tires you know everyone stops i stop you know i slow down are you okay yes i'm good a chain might have come off it doesn't matter we we have this innate sense to take care of each other and it's not just it's not just one facet of the community it's all facets it's like and that's why we were talking earlier when i said It's the smallest things that can make someone's day, like letting someone in in traffic. We're all in a hurry. We're all trying to get things done. We've got a list a mile long. There's not enough hours in the day. We're a fast paced society. However, 10 seconds can change. You just don't know. You know, calling someone on the phone that you haven't heard from from a long time. Someone that you think might be struggling, ask. You know, it could save their life. You know, that's community. that's what I love about Columbus.
0: It was clear in our conversation with Sam that the importance of community and friendship are two really important driving factors in everything that he does. He has cultivated an incredible community, but he does so much in the community that really has just established him as such a pillar of joy and hope in so many community members' lives. So we're just happy that he took the time to share with us and everything that he does in the future, we just can't wait to watch all the change and uh, powerful impact that he continues to make. We wanna say thank you to our major funding partners who make everything in the Palatania world possible. So thank you to the Albarns Foundation, Huntington, the American Electric Power Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. So in Sam's episode, we talked a lot about an evening event that gets people really excited to raise funds. But uh, what about a morning event, Olivia? What is exciting in the morning? Breakfast, Jill. Breakfast. The the most most important meal of the day. We have heard of some really awesome ways to incorporate breakfast in fundraising efforts. And one in particular is our friend Drew Taranto from Worthington Industries. And He and his wife are both fundraising, competing a little bit for funds, Mm -hmm. and what better way to get their community together for breakfast than having a Bloody Mary bar? Bloody Mary bar? Mm. I never thought of that. So he invites his whole neighborhood over. They charge a fee for, you know, a small amount for people to come over who are probably going to donate anyway, but they get to come together and be a part of celebrating and, you know, drinking festivities in the morning. Absolutely. Uh, I've also heard of it. Certain companies, they'll, um, invite out for lack of a better term, a, a pancake flipper. Yes. So it would be a number of individuals who have a massive grill. They pour pancakes. They, uh, everybody has to make a donation to stand like, you know, 10 feet away with a plate and pancakes just get flipped wildly at them and they have to try and catch them. Stay alert. Stay alert. You, they work for their breakfast. They do. Yeah. And, Another friend that I've heard hosting a breakfast event is you yourself, Jill. Can you tell us about... I do host a breakfast fundraiser. Your famous breakfast tacos. (laughs) Yeah. So a few years back, I had had a breakfast taco for the first time. My eyes were opened to this amazing take on a taco and I thought, okay, there's this really great yard sale that happens in my neighborhood every year. There's thousands of people who are walking around hungry. Um, I made a batch of tacos, breakfast tacos, and they sold, for lack of a better term, like hotcakes. So thanks so much for sharing, Olivia. Let's keep listening for a preview of our next episode.
1: I had dark, dark sunglasses on because I was welling up like, again, another proud moment. Two short months after, a month and a half after uh, we went through this whole episode, and uh, we embraced. It seemed like for like twenty minutes afterwards. I was just so so proud of you know once again um, participating and uh, kind of finishing this ceremonial ride. Uh, it was it was a great moment for uh, myself, our family, the Bose team. Uh, it was it was great. It was, it was uh i couldn't have been proud
0: you've been listening to one goal a podcast from pelotonia hosted by me ride community manager jill londino with interview production and scheduling by marketing communications manager emily smith Produced, mixed, and sound designed at the studios of Westler media by vince tornero additional mastering by joey gerwin at Orin judio special thank you to all of our guests for being so open and willing to share their stories please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That will help others hear these empowering stories. If you're curious about joining the Pelotonia community and making an impact on cancer research, please see the link in the episode notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.